Hey guys, welcome to episode two of Not Past It Yet podcast with me, Megan Addy, and today, Katie Sutherland. On the first episode of this podcast, I had mentioned of what May symbolises, which is a topic so close to me and so personal, Mental Health Awareness Month. So dedicating what this month stands for, I'm going to have some guests on covering a lot of topics in hope to help you guys who are listening. Hi, Katie. Hello. How are we? I'm good. How are you? I'm very excited to be on this, actually, because, you know, my whole business and life is about really helping to improve people's mental health through my own journey. So it's quite nice and quite personal to be doing this with you. I'm really glad to have you here. I am actually one of Katie's clients. And from my experience being Katie's client, I know firsthand of how much experience not only has she felt and experienced as her own individual, but what she contributes to her clientele. So I'm going to love to talk about that later on, but I would love for you to maybe share a little bit about yourself for the listeners today. So as a few of you or many of you might know, I am a personal trainer. Um, So I started fitness from a very young age and really used it as an outlet um, to sort of express myself and, um, you know, improve myself as a well-being. So I've actually struggled with ADHD my whole life. So it was a great way to kind of release that energy and, you know, receive the feel-good endorphins from fitness. And I saw from the experience through childhood and adulthood what it done for my own life so I decided that I wanted to have a career in it um I originally went into oil and gas at 18 as you do um absolutely hated every minute of it and was really crap at it (laughs) and I didn't really for me feel any sense of reward and I knew that with a job I wanted to feel a sense of reward and that came through helping other people improve their lives there's just um you know, no amount of money that will give me the same sense of reward as seeing someone's mental health change, seeing someone else accomplish things through fitness. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that beyond people's results of what inches they're losing, what stones, pounds they're losing, it's paramount for all of your clientele for their mental health. That's what your driven focus is for. Absolutely. Um, You know, people most of the time are not seeing their goals, not because they can't be bothered to work out or anything, but because it's underlying mental struggles that's preventing them to push themselves into that comfort zone and find the confidence to do it. So you have to work on step one, which is you internally, as cheesy as that sounds. And when you start working on that, um, you know, it opens so many doors for them to improve um, their overall well-being and their physical um, life as well. A hundred percent. I think if I'm being absolutely truthful, I felt before I was your client, I had a lot of pressure with the society standards that's kind of overtaken what few coaches there are that are genuine for all areas of someone to improve rather than having a coach which is calorie deficits. You have to be achieving X, Y, Z. Why did you binge eat? Why did you not eat enough? Um, and almost feeling like where your mental health is concerned, it's actually not validated. And when I managed to align myself where I thought, no, I, I have to do this for me. It is now or never. And I came to you and you took me on as a client. You know, a lot of people listening to this know that I've got different areas of my own past with mental health. And mm-hmm. one of them was massively a couple of years ago, sliding into really unhealthy eating patterns, eating disorders. Whereas I have got a, such a trusting relationship, I can say to you, numbers are going to scare me. Yeah. Numbers I'm going to get really impulsively obsessed with and I need you to help look out for me that way until I've got the control I can manage that myself. And a lot of people have been completely open and honest with me with what kind of puts them off taking that first step. And it is because there's a lot of coaches that just have a one size fits all mentality what's kind of been your experience I know you can't obviously speak about all of your clients but can you see that yourself have you had clients come in I guess with metaphorically that damage from previous standards and you've had to really take them right back to 
level up as such yep absolutely and I'm not here to bad mouth any other coaches you know we all experience different things and sometimes these clients have went to um some coaches that have just kind of gone by what they're taught on the PT course you're not taught people skills you're not taught real life to be honest you're just taught focus on nutrition focus on their training their movements and um I guess they just always go on calorie deficit and I've had it's actually quite sad a few females ending up having um, eating disorders or um, binge eating disorders and obviously I'm not fully qualified to help them but I will you know encourage them to work with me and another professional that is to work on the damage that has been caused to them and um, you know change their perspective on what personal training and coaching is I I personally I I, I don't like being called a PT because I feel like the job is way more than just training in a gym Um, you really are um learning about the whole entire person and you should be aiming to improve their life holistically so as you'll see I post client results all the time um on my page and a little bit about their story if they're happy to and um, you'll have seen transformations from females that have come quite underweight to now a very healthy weight and a very different view about themselves and what fitness can be for them. No, absolutely. And I think that's it as well in the broader spectrum. You're, you're, you as well as several others that do have that mentality and to include the holistic approach as such are always more than what that label is of, of a PT. Yeah. There's been times where... I have been in a, a, a PT with you and I, I've felt like I've kind of gone into like a fight or flight and in my head it's racing of, oh, my perform, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. But I've never felt that I was not actually enough. I felt like I still had a place of belonging and I'm going to work through it because you gave me that security net to do that. But I think that's really important that, you know, people like yourself and Neil are recognized <laughs> so that people can see that there is that availability out there you don't have to suffer because yeah. you have a, a bad experience and sit with your mental health around your mindset and not actually do anything about it do you think that part of why you offer such a like a wide majority as such is maybe because of your own experiences with your mental health do you want to share any experiences you've had Definitely. With your mental health. Um, so I've I've actually publicly spoken about it before um, on social media, but I went through a really bad time of depression um, through some circumstances that happened in my life and actually myself tried to commit suicide. Um, and I was at a very low point in my life where I thought there was no way of coming back. And I'm very grateful I had very supportive family around me and got the help that I needed. So with the help of how I saw a professional could help me in the hospital, I also went back into the gym and began training. And although I didn't get a personal trainer, I saw what fitness was doing for me mentally. It's, I think fitness is a really underrated tool for you to, um, you know, reduce stress in your life, build your confidence, overcome, um, really challenging things and um it definitely helped me come out of a very very dark place um you know and alongside that I was on antidepressants and I would never say to anybody you know to to just stop taking them and just go with fitness because sometimes you need that bit of um extra stability but alongside the fitness and through years of doing it uh, repeatedly I've now been able to more rely on it in a positive manner on how it can you know really change and improve my life so through my experience I saw right this is what I've managed to do what can I do to help other people so I really have um tried to put my personal perspective into it and see how I can help others so do you think that's maybe what your why is for why you are now yeah. doing everything that you're doing yeah because I know it really if you have someone there to support you through it it can be life-changing absolutely oh I love that did I ramble no I, I didn't I'm just now in my thoughts because you sounded amazing Coco oh thanks honestly if there was a camera here today <laughs> we would all see that I look like Sheen and Katie looks like Coco Chanel the Aldi's version of Coco Chanel which by the way smells amazing oh does it <laughs> oh yeah Ooh. it's about seven pounds save an extra zero <laughs> I'm gonna have to text my mum this now <laughs> 
So what would you say then to the listeners that's listening that have got mental health areas of their own battles, whether it's stories that they're feeding themselves or they're convincing themselves because of maybe some forms of trauma almost that they're battling, you know, the lack of confidence with their body image? So firstly, obviously, you know, if you're mentally struggling, it's quite hard to pull yourself out of that on your own so I would say reach out I know everyone says it but it's amazing when you do start to reach out how it immediately alleviates some stress and maybe reach out to someone that's not going to give you a biased opinion so reach out to someone that's got the experience in um, the fitness industry especially if it's with your um, body image Um, but obviously it's you know making sure you're choosing the right one and then it's all just about taking that leap of faith but I would say if you are struggling with body image, um, the first thing you definitely want to be doing is, you know, carrying out some daily mental health work because what you feed your brain is everything. You can feed it toxic positivity. Um, you know, you can feed it constant negativity. And I think the first step is to work on you. So if reaching out is not something you're able to do right now, you know, start doing things like journaling. I do it daily about how I feel about my anxieties that day I write a list on one side what can I control and on the other side what can I not control and immediately it just helps me look at my day with a different perspective and I also will put on like um, a mindset podcast where it's just like daily affirmations and you can search specific stuff to relate to how you're feeling so you know if it's low self-esteem low confidence search one about that and it's just an easy step forward to already work on your mindset without taking that big step to reach out if it's something you're not ready for but I think doing nothing will you know never improve the situation don't sit on it we all deserve to feel good about ourselves absolutely I totally agree I think when you manage to conquer one layer you can always take it that step deeper and that step deeper I know for example in the check-ins you know you you've got a structure where well what things are you doing for your mental health is it listening to a podcast is it journaling yeah and the more that you actually embrace that habit and it becomes routine you can then start adding things onto it one thing I actually found that really helped me was a couple of years ago I started doing mirror work where I forced myself to be completely ass naked in front of the mirror (laughs) I fucking hated it this is great (laughs) but I would not be allowed to walk away from the mirror unless I was able to identify something that I loved about me and I think for me you know I've always been really fortunate to have a really really good figure yeah I'm I'm blessed by my mum that way but you know after having alien now having HRT treatment I retain a lot of fluid Mm -hmm. so carrying a lot of this weight is completely unnormal to me and I've actually started embracing it a little bit I've been forcing myself to be completely ass naked on the front of the mirror and (laughs) of all things last week it was my freckles I appreciate my freckles um, but I'm still learning to love my tummy and my legs and I'm getting there and I know that I have my plan with you which I'm so grateful for but one thing that really helped me was um, aside from finding someone that's going to connect with you I think mm-hmm. that's absolutely priority when you're looking at things you can do for your own mental health do, do the mirror work it's so uncomfortable yeah. and with body image Ayana um, my photographer she's absolutely amazing and she was getting me to do the most funky positions Uh, naked no oh oh god no (laughs) she was getting me to do the most funky positions and in my head I'm like Megan you're gonna look really shit and ugly you're gonna look fat you're gonna look this you're gonna look that and she sent me over the the photos last night and oh my god I cried yeah because she could see something that worked for me that I couldn't even see because I've still obviously got that area somewhere somehow um and there but I also think sometimes trauma is a part of it as well yeah if you're bullied all your life and you're told like you're fat you can still be a really healthy size and still see Mm -hmm. a completely alternative image um part of me being on my personal development you know I've been working so hard on myself and my mum came over a couple of days ago and it's the first time we actually sat down and really connected and I was explaining to her you know when I was growing up she was always criticizing herself she was like oh I always look fat I look hideous in this have I lost weight are you sure I look good in this and although I absolutely love her and she never meant any harm by it I learned that habit yeah. because that's all I've known 
So even when I was battling, like being underweight a couple of years ago, or when I felt even at my better times I was a good weight, I still had that little seed because it was like a mirror learning yeah. from my mom. And I think the difference is, is where you are applying and you can even talk about it. I spoke about it to my mom. You know, I reassured her that I'm still loving her. She didn't do anything wrong. It's obviously there for her, showing up for her own reason. It was projected onto me. But my point is, is that when you really connect with somebody in fitness, for an example, and you can build that trust and relationship, start working out why you're showing up the way you are, you really start to see the results. Yeah. That was me waffling, Coco. No, not at all. <laughs> um, I think like that's some really sound advice. And I actually feel like I want to go home and take my clothes off and stand in front of the mirror naked. <laughs> I do want a picture, but will you give my review? <laughs> I feel like this is such an amazing tool because I know this is obviously a bit personal, but you know, your body image can affect so many things in your life and relationships. And oh like, God, yeah. you know, um, when you're with your partner in the bedroom, like, you know, some women, even I've done it, I'm like, turn off light, don't look at me. And it's, it's such a shame for us to feel that way. So there's so many basic tools like this that really can allow yeah. you to progress. And I think that's actually a fantastic tool that you've just, you know, shared with us there. Absolutely. It wasn't, it wasn't myself. It was actually one of my friends, Ali, who's a coach, uh-huh. that um, introduced that a couple of years back. And another thing as well is um, I know that meditating is really underrated. Totally. But if you can get yourself into a meditative state and you can go over to yourself and remove yourself from that trauma or the reason why you're showing up that way, it's amazing. So when I was practicing at home, okay, so when I go to the gym, my perform is either really good or it's really shit. (laughs) And I've been practicing at home with basically a brush pole. And every time I was lifting this brush pole to my hips, I was going into fight or flight. So I was taking my younger self over to the bridge um, because, you know, dads, dads want to joke about and they want to like play and all the rest of it. And I was really fortunate as a kid that we always had a summer holiday. Mm -hmm. And basically in in York, there was a bridge and my dad was mucking about and he pretended that he was lifting me up and he was going to let go. And although that that's all playfulness and there was nothing, you know, meant malice by it, that allowed me to grow up with a fear of bridges. Yeah. So when I'm lifting something that feels like what I was feeling like looking over the bridge at the boats and everything, I go into fight or flight. So I'm at home lifting this brush up about 50 times a day, practicing my squats <laughs> and what have you. And I was able to take myself to my younger self and be like, you're okay. Yeah. Your, your dad was just mucking about with you. He, he still loved you. You still love yeah. him. You know, it, it's nothing. You're, you're fine now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my waffle. But I think when you really want to go below the surface layer, that's when you really start building momentum because I'm not really shifting much weight because I'm on HRT. But my mentality since working with you, since working with you, mm-hmm. since being your client it's so much better than it was it's totally changed and you know it's like an onion you know you have to peel back the layers till you get to the core you have to be patient with it oh you've not even listened to the first episode have you spoken about an onion absolutely and it was peeling back the layers of the onion yeah but that's literally what you need to do and you need to be patient with yourself like I think one thing um going through your fitness journey you're going to face the obstacles because as your coach I want you to face these obstacles so it really can bring up a lot of raw emotion and make your journey quite tough but you have to face it to progress and you have to give yourself time to do this some people will be like in a month why do I not completely feel different you know while it's taken you years to feel this one way so it's potentially going to take you months to a year or so to feel you know different I'm not mm. saying it'll take you a whole year to feel bad about yourself but you know what I mean it's you shouldn't put an end date on progressing yourself your mental health and your um physical changes it should always just be a goal that you're continuing to strive towards to improve absolutely I love that oh I'm feeling I like, like I'm actually quite all right at this <laughs> there was actually something you said earlier Katie that I wanted to ask about which was you mentioned toxic positivity yeah. So obviously we're kind of more familiar, I think, with when someone's either depressed or, you know, acutely negative about things. But I think there's a more recent trend for toxic positivity. And I find it a lot with social media. Yeah. Like Instagram, it's just like, I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. 
I eat my bowl of ice cubes and then I jump in an ice shower. I read five books while I'm in the shower and then I eat more ice and then I work out again. Yeah. And it's like, I, lot, I think a lot of people don't understand what toxic positivity is. So how would you, as, as someone that understands it more, describe it? So that's funny you say that because Instagram can be a very healthy tool, but it can also be very unhealthy. And I think when you're in a state of mind where you're feeling very negative, um, although people are like, follow these pages that make you feel great, it can actually have a counterproductive effect on you. So what I done was when I um, was going through a um, stage of bad anxiety and everything, I removed these pages from my Instagram. I removed myself from the situation because someone saying, oh, you know, just think positive, think the day will be fine, isn't always going to work and it's not always realistic. So I think um, your environment is everything. And if your environment is especially through your phone and Instagram, if you find you're a scroller and you're in this situation, remove yourself from it. Don't follow these people and take your time. Maybe these people that are posting this potentially were in your place but they're now in a totally different place and um you know it's it's hard to compare yourself so yeah I think Instagram can be a very negative tool at times so unfollow the people that make you question yourself get them going do you think yeah like the root of toxic positivity is comparison then or is there more to it is it comparing yourself with other people Mm. and how they succeed how they look or is it deeper than that is it like being a little bit ignorant to like you're allowed to have a bad day and be human and saying just stay positive put a brave face on it is it or is it both Uh, it's oh sorry on you go it's okay i was gonna say i know from um my experience with toxic positivity it was feeling like i wasn't enough so you know i've got a, a child with adhd and i kid you not she wakes up every morning before jesus wakes the sun and i would post and i would post had my cold shower and I, yeah I did have my cold shower but I was fuming I was up before <laughs> Jesus woke a son so my point is is for me actually the toxic positivity was because I didn't then feel enough compared to the next person yeah. but it took me to actually grow up I think a lot of it's maybe to do with your age and the mentality that you have and the more that you actually grow up and you actually start learning you realize okay do you know what I'm not going to fit into that category because I'm going to experience good and bad days. And if I can share them both, that's when your world opens up to connect with really genuine, decent people. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're not a bullshitter, Kater. Kater? <laughs> Katie. So my point is, is, you know, if I came to you and, you know, I was like, oh, I eat like three meals a day. I'm on my fruit and veg and I'm on my protein and my carbs and everything to just feel like I was enough to be like one of your clients or what have you. It wasn't like that. I was really honest and be like, yeah. Yeah, my diet's super shit and I'm drinking energy juice and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And you're like, okay, cool. Well, we've got something to work with. Yeah. And then that instantly allowed me to trust and build that relationship yeah. with you. So my point is, is with your mentality, if you hide kind of away from the toxic positivity of it's a bad day, but I'll stay positive anyway. Do you know what? I'm now offline. But one that gets me is, is that you only have one life. Mm. So it's like you're almost pressurized as I've got one life. I can't have that bad day. Yeah, no, totally. I agree with that. It's all about honesty with yourself as well. Like you said, you know, when a client's coming to me, like, don't bullshit to me and yourself be as honest as you can because that's how you start moving forward is through honesty and um you know I totally agree with what you're saying like there's a lot of pressure in society to achieve this by 30 buy a house do whatever the fuck you want and do it at your own pace don't but you know remove yourself from these situations if they're making you feel worse about life I think like what you just said there was kind of key for me figuring out that that comparison thing is like the the downfall of most people and I don't know if you'd agree with this as two women but I find there's a major gender difference with it because I think women naturally compare themselves to each other so much more whereas if I speak to like guy the guys in my life they're like embarrassed if they wore the same t-shirt by accident or like our our trousers are the same color with women it's like I need to look as good as her I need to have the same you know Uh, lifestyle is this person or they go out to eat at this expensive restaurant that many times a week and it's like there's a weird kind of urge to be either as good or better than everyone else but like you might be predisposed to a healthier lifestyle than me genetically or Mm -hmm. which is not true for me but you know um or 
you might have grown up with wealthy parents and someone didn't. So like there are disadvantages. Actually, the only comparison that really matters is are you better than you were? Yeah. You know, is you today better than you yesterday? Yeah. And if it's yeah. not, why? Totally. Um, I say to all my clients, the competition, it's not even a competition, that's a really shitty word to use, but it is you. It's not anyone else. Like you says, we've grown up in different environments with different things and um, it doesn't matter, you know, it, it, how much something costs. I think it's how everything makes you feel. You know yeah. what I mean? It's what really brings you happiness. And I used to be like that when I was younger. I was like, oh, I have to, you know, go here, go there, have this, have that. And everything was on finance. I barely had money in the bank. I could barely afford anything out with that. And I was depressed. I was unhappy. And um, the pressure almost broke <coughs> me as a person. And it took for me to get to that point to realize, actually, none of this matters. You know, it's how you feel. I think we've all got our own story that when we are completely at rock bottom, we know it's me versus me. Yeah. Nobody's coming for us. It's literally me versus me. You do have to be the one that also has to pull yourself out the hole. You know, you, you can get the help, but you also have to have that strength in you to pull yourself out. And I know that's going to be hard for some people to hear, but if you don't, it's not going to get better. Oh, absolutely. And I think there's definitely that. See, when I find myself where I'm in a overwhelming scenario or situation where I'm, is there something on my lip? <laughs> no I said to the wifey the other day right so I, I have a mole by the way I've got Madonna mole so if you look at a picture <laughs> of Madonna I do right so if you look at a picture on Madonna I have the Madonna markings honestly I don't know where they are but they're somewhere here and uh, I was doing my eyebrows and I noticed there was like this massive hair coming out of my mole and I was furious because I was like wait like Kate has been really up close and personal when I've been like doing my workouts and stuff. Why she never said I've got a massive hair on my mole or <laughs> anyone that's ever been like this close to my face? So, well, did she not thread it? Because <laughs> it's oh, not about being perfect. I'll, I'll, I'll that's never why do I didn't that say. Again. I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> anyway. At least you've done it subtly. <sighs> well, <laughs> that's not my experience that I remember. Anyway. Um, no, I was away to Waffle before I went, went on to that. Um... I had an interesting thought about what you just said, which mm. was like, you guys were almost speaking in parallels, but also an opposite, which is you were saying it's me versus me. And you were saying it's actually almost more like me backing me. Yeah. And I think there's like a healthy balance or you need both. You need yeah. to simultaneously be your biggest challenger and also your biggest backer. Because if you don't try and push to be better than you, then no one else is going to do it for you. And if you're trying to be better than other people, it's never going to work. But also... If you don't buy into your own hype, your own bullshit, why should anyone else? Like, if you wouldn't listen to your own podcast, why should I? If you're not comfortable saying, I'm good at this, why would anyone else think you are? Yeah. And I actually noticed that with uh, the photos you showed from Iana's photo shoot yesterday. That was like what came through was, I think she nailed getting you to back yourself for a change. And that was really cool. When you told me yeah. the story about the bridge, I saw on your Instagram story, it said... Um, I faced my biggest fear today. And I was like, man, some people really struggle with getting their photo taken. I thought that was the fear. And then when you told me the story about the bridge and actually you getting your photo taken on the bridge was the fear. I was like, oh shit, that's like much, you know, not to dismiss people who are scared of getting their picture taken, but it's a whole different thing. And that kind of is a good example. But you might look at something on the surface and think, oh, that's like really interesting. But there can be a whole big thing behind it that I didn't know about, but it meant a lot to you. And yeah. only you can push through those things and support yourself through those things, I think. Totally. I agree with that. And that goes into a very nice topic, actually, is you only see what's on the surface. So with Instagram, people immediately judge what they see when you don't know the real story. And this is why, as I've gotten older, I give less of a shit about what people think about me. You know, people are going to judge you. But, um, you know, take a step back and don't, you know, what is it? Read a book by its cover? Judge a book by its cover. There we go. Um, oh dear, Coco. <laughs> I know because you, you don't actually know the truth behind what's going on in that person's life. So, you know, what you see might not be real or what you see is, um, you know, not even half of what is happening behind the picture. So don't be someone who judges other people. And I think people can be bad for it in the city when you, you're trying to be successful. They're all like, be kind, this, that. But the minute you start 
being successful in your life the the minute people start saying bad things about you and it's just it amazes me I just don't get it I just I'd be like you go like bloody smash that take on the world be that person be different be what you want to be a hundred percent and I absolutely I totally relate to that because I think where I find myself in these moments where I'm feeling like that that me versus me I compare it to in that comparison of oh wow okay so I was strong enough to come over x y and z so this 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 is actually nothing I'm capable of overcoming that that again so I think that goes hand in hand as well with what you were just saying there but absolutely I agree I think you know when you're doing personal development it can be an incredibly lonely place because you know if you stop going out drinking at weekends all of a sudden, those drinking friends you went out with, they're, they're not interested in what your life looks like. How are you? Yep. Totally. Sorry, they're sorry. They're on Mars. They're not on Earth anymore. Or, you know, other scenarios, you lose a lot of people, but really you're not losing. You're, no. you're gaining. Because look at all the amazing things that you've now conquered, even as a coach yourself. Yes, fair enough. You've obviously had your obstacles. You've had your experiences. But where you're at now is because you kept backing yourself. Yeah. And I think... For anyone that's listening, I actually think that's the takeaway from today. Back yourself. Yeah, totally. Um, no, I 100% agree with you. I used to have so many friends um, when I was younger. And then when I was like, actually, I don't want to be going out as much. I want to change my life. I want to wake up and feel fresh and good at weekend. I've got about three friends now and it's great. Yeah. Like, and you, you are way more productive with your life. I'm not saying don't go out drinking, don't enjoy life. But you know you have to think about what is really going to help you grow more as an individual and feel happier about your life. You know, is it the going out drinking every weekend, feeling hanging on a Sunday, eating crap and then starting again on a Monday? Or is it, you know, working on yourself throughout the week, having the odd fresh weekend and enjoying the odd celebration with your friends and making memories rather than, you know, creating fears? I love that. I can't deal with anxiety. (laughs) Uh, that's why I only drink wine in the house because I've only got the the dog judging me or Neil what kind of wine (laughs) oh Sauvignon Cloudy Bay oh the best but cheap version Oyster Bay it's much cheaper version what is it yeah I do like Aldi you know oh Aldi they're Freeman's Bay it's beautiful 6.49 guess guess when I'm going after the gym yeah she's on commission by the way Why don't you tell you the story that you told me when you arrived about your journey here? Oh. Not like your spiritual journey, but your walking <laughs> I, journey. I've had enough of that, yeah. haven't we, Gigi? <laughs> right. Yeah, so I, I was coming to Studio 10 today and um, I decided I was going to treat myself to a coffee because, you know, being a mum, it's quite a stressful thing to to kind of experience from day to day. On my way to Studio 10 today, I went into Starbucks for a really nice fancy coffee um, because I'm all for the the self-love of where you're you're feeding your your body with really good healthy stuff. But I think you also need to have that treat, um, which is another topic altogether. But anyway, more of the point because I like a waffle, I like a story. When I was coming to Studio 10, um, there was a woman that was banging on the window. I could not really shut myself. <laughs> anyway and I've never seen this shop it's actually a charity shop but I've never seen it um at all in Aberdeen and it was um the mental health Aberdeen charity and I was like okay and and this woman granted don't get me wrong I I honestly was shit myself because she was like very angrily looking at me telling me to come in went to shop anyway and she um said that she was the manager of the the shop and she said you're Megan Addy aren't you 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 did your your podcast and it came out on Monday and it's about mental health. And I'm like, well, we're only on episode like one way to do number two. But yeah, that's me. Um, part of my ego going, OK, I'm kind of liking this. <laughs> anyway, more of the point. They are doing a lot of fundraisers just now. And this is obviously clearly a project that they're doing because they're carrying a lot of passion for the subject of mental health, not just for adults, but also for children as well now mental health for me means so much because I have two children with additional needs I went to hell and back and fought for my daughter Daisy um who I absolutely love unconditionally but I think you know when I when I was 15 I went through a horrific time with my my mental health but as an adult I was honestly tested uh, a year ago because with my daughter being five it's so hard for such a young person 
to get any support or any help in the system and you know my, my family are everything to me and and the relationship that I now have with my family is worth its weight in gold and we all went to hell and back really fighting for Daisy um last year and hearing what they're actually doing to actually have more funding to support younger people it's absolutely everything there there's children out there that you know have autism or ADHD and the parents caregivers are getting absolutely dismissed because there's a stigma and that's their quote on their shop it's making a stop once and for all for the stigma because you know children are capable of having you know these experiences um I'm, I'm actually intrigued actually with you having ADHD how far back can you actually remember maybe when you started noticing some of your characteristics I'm not going to say that we're not normal because you're yeah. absolutely normal but how far back were you it's funny that you speak about being dismissed because obviously there's more relevance now and I think things are improving. But when I was in academy, um, I around 12, 13 started, obviously uh, in academy, started going to new classes, learn new subjects and I couldn't process things the way other children could. So I was like to the teacher, I just don't understand. I don't get this. Um, I need further help. And it got to the point that I would turn up to some of my classes and there would just be a table and a chair outside the room for me to sit at because they just thought I was a bad behaved child. So my mum and dad fought with the young people's department for years to get me reviewed for ADHD and I finally did and I only got the help when I was um, around 14. By this point, failed standard grades, got really low grades, um, then that obviously got progressively worse throughout school. Um, uh, so I was obviously given Ritalin to help with ADHD, which did help. But by that point, I was sitting in the lowest class where in primary school, that wasn't the case. And then, um, you know, I left school with barely anything. And now, you know, I'm studying a nursing degree, but I had to do a year of college to get into university. Um, so I could have progressed way quicker in my life. That could have been prevented. I could have felt less judged and less labelled. Um, you know, if I'd got the help and there wasn't a chair and table outside the class. I think it's definitely improving, but it had a huge impact and did increase um, my, sorry, cause my behaviour to become worse. And then that, you know, was taken home to my parents and then they suffered. And um, yeah, I just think a lot more needs to happen and then a lot quicker pace. And I know the NHS is struggling, but I do feel like there's areas where there could be major improvement. And I know that's going to piss off a lot of people, but um, it's things aren't happening quick enough. Absolutely. And do you know what, very, very quickly there with the NHS, you know, I've had a lot of battles within, within the NHS. But one thing I will say is, is that the society that are not going to be happy with that comment have not seen what nurses doctors are oh, actually yeah. seeing at crisis points how they're actually saving lives so do you know what yeah there, there's waiting times there's a lot of yeah. short staff but you're not seeing because you physically can't yeah to the lengths that they're going to and that's a completely different subject altogether but back to your experiences with with your adhd you know i i've got several children and when my daughter was growing up i knew there, there was something different and there was something not aligned mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, it was uh, the most horrific thing ever, not for Daisy, but also for me as well, because Daisy wasn't getting the help that she really needed. But to, ha to have and face that discrimination, to have me be looked under a microscope of, well, is, is, it a, is an environmental factor? Is it something that mum's doing to her development? Mm -hmm. You know, 79 <clears throat> rejected referrals is, is not good enough. No. There needs to be more. Now Daisy has got her diagnosis and she has gotten all her help and she is doing really amazing. And I actually feel like I've definitely came back after the last year of hardships I've had with that. But back to what I was saying, this charity, although it is a charity shop, their meanings go much more beyond just children that have got neurodivergent things going on. It's also for adults and a lot of different other projects. It's really going to be interesting. I'm going to share some information and things like that on the Instagram page. Um, but I would really appreciate it if you guys that are listening could maybe have a look out because the, the stigma needs to actually start being addressed. I totally agree. And on that note, 
I'm obviously a student nurse and I see what the nurses and the doctors do in crisis. I don't want anybody here to think I'm judging the NHS or anything like mm. that. Like they are doing what they can. Um, I think they need extra help and support for things to change. So that's what I meant by it. And things like Mental Health Aberdeen offering that support, mm. like you said, is going to help break the stigma, uh, you know, alleviate stress and help, you know, produce change. I think absolutely. I, I don't have any hardships towards doctors and staff mm-hmm. and the things like that um uh, going into politics politics yeah let's oh, not go oh, down uh, that route politic i can't say it pol- politics oh politics but, aye politics there, there was there was something actually that i thought was kind of a, an interesting example of this which is even some of the doctors and nurses will be the first to tell you like they're annoyed by the system they're yep. stuck working within so it's not the people it's the system yeah and i think we all know that but a really good example of where the system itself is slightly broken mm. is when you talked about trying to get a, an ADHD or ADD diagnosis. I find out that um, if you're trying to get a diagnosis for a personality disorder or something like that, you, in order to qualify for that diagnosis, you have to be over the age of 18. Uh, because apparently, well, not apparently, according to psychologists, your personality is not fully formed until at least 18, uh, in some cases up to 21. But the diagnosis service is only funded for those under the age of 18. So there's an immediate, they're not allowed to diagnose you until you're over 18, Mm -hmm. but there's no system or funding or um, resource to diagnose you after 18. Yeah. Which means there are a lot of people who even are trying to get diagnosis that literally cannot do it. And the services that will offer this out with the NHS will say, we can offer a recommendation but not a diagnosis. And because it's private, you then don't get the support, you don't get yeah. the medication, you don't get the treatment, whatever that might be. So even the, the GPs will laugh and say, I'm aware of how stupid that sounds and I really wish I could do something about it. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a broken system with some really good people in it that yeah. needs a lot more support. I absolutely Definitely. agree. And I, I think as well, it's absolutely the guidelines that it's like a ladder almost. So, for an example, if a child gets seen to CAMS, you get offered a choice appointment. They don't give you an appointment. You've actually, as the caregiver or parent, got to phone in and say, hi, I'm phoning, I've received a letter, I'd like to get into the system. You then get an appointment. You've got to work your way up the ladder before you even get in the door to yeah. see a psychologist. Um, but again, that's not down to the staff members for why yeah. these are the way that it is. This totally. is a process that unfortunately we all have to do and whilst i've definitely experienced failings it's not been directly aimed at the pacific staff members mm-hmm. it's it's the system yep and actually if there is someone's blame and to get slightly political i'm not afraid to say this but Ooh. it didn't come from you so it's fine okay if if there is a source of the problem it's actually at government level Absolutely. and oh, yeah. politicians and you think like the problem really is funding like fundamentally it all comes down to money at some point because you could just hire more staff or as we see with nurses pay them more like, and they mm-hmm. clearly deserve it. So when you see all these MPs taking massive pay rises, spending loads of tax money on holidays, golf trips, cars, second houses, you think that's maybe partially where the problem lies if it's going there instead of more mental health services. Yeah. And I mean, people often don't take it seriously, but people are literally dying from mental health. Yeah. And oh, it's absolutely. like, everyone talked about COVID and I'm not for one second going to be a conspiracy theorist and say it wasn't real or anything like that. But people talk about mental health as if it doesn't kill people. And people took COVID really seriously because they thought it would kill people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how come there's not the same emergency response to the mental health pandemic, for example? And I oh, find that really entirely. scary. Totally. There's a lot of, whilst there's a lot of things in place in Aberdeen, for an example, around mental health, there's not enough. So when I was 15, I, I was sectioned um, because my attempts of no longer wanting to be here got completely out of control. And there was not a, a unit. I was open to the, the YPD, the young person's um, department. But when I got sectioned, there was no child's unit. I had to go into Cornhill. So I was surrounded by adults. And even that experience in itself was, was traumatic because everyone around you have got mental health. And when I say that some of the sites I've seen is traumatising. I, I, I'm really sincere in that. And there was a waiting list, um, I think it was 15 weeks, if I remember rightly, for me to go to a place called Dud Hope House in Dundee. 
But these are basically places set out by the government. Mm. But yet we have hundreds of children under the age of 15 that have got no place to go if they are at the extreme crisis point of suicide. Yeah. And, you know, for me, that that's not good enough. I... I actually had a had a friend um, called Anna Nairn, and she was from Stonehaven, and she battled her own obstacles of mental health, and she escaped um, Dudhope House in Dundee, and she had took her life in the grounds. But not that I am blaming staff members, but even back then, there's not enough. There's not enough mm-hmm. staffing. There's not enough supervision. There's not enough buildings. To support these people and I think there's a stigma in itself already about these intu- intuitions sorry for adults and children there's there's a lot of it if you say I've had a history where I've had some time in Cornhill people think oh my god I can't go near you yeah immediately judged yeah um but that's the thing and absolutely I completely agree because everyone was petrified of COVID but there's people that you can walk past in the street not even knowing if they're away to go and try and do something yeah I think that's the other scary thing actually is like when we talk about things like COVID or flu or whatever, or actually even things like sexually transmitted diseases, it's uh, contagious, right? You can give it to someone else. People have this weird mindset that mental health is really singular, but actually mental health is almost contagious by effect. You know, like if you look at the knock-on effect of suicide, for example, if it's okay, it's not contagious in the sense that it's not transmissible. But psychologically, it is yeah. literally contagious. Oh, you know, absolutely. if you look at not just suicide, but particularly suicide, also things like abuse. And we talked about this off camera last time when Charlie Hurst was here, genetic memory. Oh, you yeah. know, yeah. trauma is something we literally pass on, whether that's upbringing or literally in our DNA, which a lot of people don't even realize. But if you look at things like when someone commits suicide, the probability of the immediate circle of family and friends around them to do the same, it's more deadly this might not be statistically accurate yeah but i would argue it's as deadly as something like covid or whatever yeah. and we don't look at it the same way do you know actually one thing that actually comes back to my mind um just when you were saying um a little bit before that about where you're viewing instagram and things like mm. that i think because a lot of people are stepping out of that mask and they're starting to become more authentic they're sharing parts of their areas around mental health. And I'm sorry, but it really hacks me off something when people are using it like a fashion accessory. Yeah. Because it then puts the emphasis on self-harm and that's an attention seeking. There's a fine line between society having that discrimination and then people speaking what they're thinking is what's in that theme of social media because there's real people showing up. You know, it could be when... For an example, like you've posted a photo when you've been at the gym and you know maybe you've had a hard week and you've been able to work through that and you're given a bit of advice to help other and inspire people. But if people were seeing that all over like their Instagram, somebody could just be posting a photo in the gym because they're just wanting to blend in. And I think people that are doing that is kind of making, you know, suicide prevention and all the rest of it like a fashion accessory. And I think that really actually is an insult to those who have genuinely had mental health experience have experienced people that they've lost through mental health um it's the most horrific thing ever and i know that when my my friend anna had passed away at her funeral i remember looking around me and i all i felt was guilt that at one point in time i didn't actually want to be here anymore because i could see around me the devastation and the impact it had on all of her family um so yeah that's that's my uh, coins worth have either of you guys ever used tumblr before Mm-hmm. Old social that? media app. No, no, that's oh. Tinder. <laughs> for fuck's sake! <laughs> did you did you ever use Tumblr, Megan? What is it? It was like a social network, but it was. Um, oh no, I was Bebo. Oh okay, so oh, this was I like was Bebo. This was after Bebo, but it was very popular before things like Facebook. Well, that's not true. Facebook was already well established, but Tumblr was kind of after Bebo, and it still exists. I think it's bought by like Yahoo or something. But at the time, the way it worked is everyone had their own page it was almost like a blog mm. and you posted pictures posts written posts and stuff and you didn't get comments and stuff per se you all reshared it i think they called it reblog and it basically you would it was a bit like twitter 
you would like retweet other people's stuff and it would appear on your feed and people could follow your feed. But it was used predominantly to share pictures and videos and GIFs. And I used it when I was maybe 15. And honest to God, so I, I like to ask people, but especially women of our age group, this question, because I find most women who have ever self-harmed will say, and this might, again, not trying to libel Tumblr, by the way, but I find that there was a huge amount of women on Tumblr who were consuming this stuff on there that caused them to do it. I, I was one of them who was a man, so it was like even more rare. Mm -hmm. But Tumblr was basically full of these feeds of people actually sharing images of their self-harm. And that was what you were talking about there, with Megan, with Instagram. This kind of got my brain thinking about it. it was Tumblr was literally feeds of people cutting, self-harm, glorifying it. And they would take like gifts from movies where people would commit suicide and create literal blogs entirely around depressing self-harm triggering stuff and no. this was like when i was at school every sort of girl my age let's say in my year who was even slightly unsure about mental health was on tumblr and they were consuming this stuff like in the hundreds and i look back and think i was so like traumatized by it you were seeing between self-harm images and then like actual people dying you were just seeing that in abundance as a young adolescent mind. And I'm absolutely certain that played massively into like my lack of mental health at that age. But now it's gone quiet and you don't really hear about Tumblr. And that's maybe why I don't know. I think Yahoo, by the way, have done good things to try yeah. and remove some of this stuff. So I'm not trying to like get a lawsuit from them or anything, but <laughs> for real, it was like so dangerous. Absolutely. And I can see why as well. Yeah. Like I look back and think that was stuff I actually saw with my eyes and remember when yeah. I was that age. And I'm like, that's fucked. And it was so normalized, but no one, like the parents never knew. Yeah. You know, you had all these school kids sharing pictures like that. Yeah. And I wonder like, what would the reactions that be now? If the same thing was going on, I think we'd probably be a lot quicker to be like, that is not fucking okay. Yeah. But that was so normal back then. Socials are so influential and that's why, like I said, it's a great tool because I get to meet so many people, help so many people with my business, but it, there can also be a very negative side to it. So just be careful. Like, you know, when I do weekly check-ins with you, I ask you every day, uh, wake up, take time off your phone in the morning, don't look at it, start your day on your terms and also at the end of the day, end your day on your terms. And I think it's really important because we can get consumed into this bubble of things that aren't reality or toxic. And, you know, if you're waking up with that thought and going to bed with that thought, what are you doing for yourself? So, you know, just make sure you're having the time to give yourself to breathe. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to episode two. Can't believe how well episode one has managed to achieve and what that has done. So really, thank you very much. Please make sure to like and follow. And also, please subscribe because the numbers have skyrocketed on Spotify, but you're not all following the Spotify channel. So please make sure you do that. Be sure to follow Carby Barbie on Instagram where you can see all of the most amazing, influential posts from Katie herself. Please also remember to look at the notes and also the social feed regarding mental health Aberdeen. The smallest bit of a donation would make the world of difference. And if not, even just look at their merch so that you can be a supporter. Until next week, guys. Right, come on then, jump down. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>